This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Don Brody, a comedian with a history degree and the host of the podcast Hilf. History I'd like to fuck. Each episode, I am joined by a new guest who has brought me a subject from history that they want to know more about. Then I hit the books, I dig deep in the annals, and stimulate. <laughs> We've covered Frankenstein, Houdini, Joan of Arc, Pompeii, the Salem witch trials, right? Ugh. Join us and find out for yourself that history is a party and everybody's coming. <laughs> Attention. The MILF and Me podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Why the fuck you loving it? I forgot. <laughs> Diana completely <laughs> forgot what the topic was. She read, the, she read the title of it and just started laughing. She said, oh, fuck. Yep. I saw this title as this fucking game show motherfucking music is playing. And I'm looking at the title go, oh, fuck. Shit. Shit, shit, shit. Is it can I run? Can I run out the door? How do I get out of this place? I mean, so let's let's give some background. Oh um, my god. Di- Diana doesn't often read everything until she shows up for recording. <laughs> I've got too much shit going on, She's okay? Busy. <laughs> the title of this episode is Don't- Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me prepare myself mentally. <laughs> Let me prepare myself mentally. What is the topic of this one? The title of this episode is Don't Fuck Your Coworkers or Whatever. You do you. (laughs) And a chill filled the room. I'm hiding behind my microphone. (laughs) I mean, I'm guilty. Okay, fuck. We're all guilty. We're all guilty. We're all guilty. Let's not fuck around. You've let people put their company pens in your company ink. I'm (laughs) guilty. I'm having some hot flashes. Do you use your fan on? I'm having a, menop- a menopausal hot flash. Uh, paramenopausal. You're not all the way there yet. Not all the way there yet. Okay, so this is going to be fun, apparently. <laughs> Diana. Um, yeah, let's go. Just give it to me. It happens. <laughs> it says that three out of four people have had a romantic relationship with someone they work with. According to a poll of 1,100 employees by livecareer.com. Yeah. I mean, I, I've. Those are some high statistics. Three out of four. Yeah. Yeah. So when you got married, your husband wasn't a coworker, right? No. Let's say, best guess, how many people have you had, let's say, intimate relationships worth? after your divorce that were coworkers versus people that you just met in the wild. 
<laughs> in the wild. <laughs> um, ha- do I have to count? Like, do I? Is this Best like a guess. thing? Say like fifty percent, sixty percent, ninety percent. It's upwards. It's upwards past fifty percent. Um, two. There are two that I had serious relationships with, like mm-hmm. exclusive serious relationships with where the people that we worked with knew that we were together. One of them, we were able to keep it secret for quite a while, but so two of my very serious relationships in the past 10 years were from we work. Worked, we worked together. Yeah. Yep. You shouldn't be ashamed because like I said, three out of four people have had romantic yeah. relationships with someone they work with of that 75%, mm-hmm. 12% say they de- that they dated a subordinate. 19% say they dated a superior and all the rest were just kind of like in the work pool together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never dated anyone above me, but I did have two very serious relationships that were people that worked for me that were against the rules, shouldn't mm-hmm. have been happening, did mm-hmm. it anyway, never got caught. Mm-hmm. And those were long, those were like years long relationships but yeah, so nobody I'm, found out. Nobody found out. Wow. No. I mean, there was some fuckery that took place in a couple of my workplaces. Yeah, where we were not in a relationship for sure. Yeah, it's it's a thing it happens. Well, and they also say that like, you know, if a relationship starts at work, they tend to have the possibility of collapsing faster than someone you meet out in the wild. Because you've got so many things that you do have to tiptoe around, whether it's workplace gossip or, let's say, standard operating procedures and verbiage that you're not allowed to do it. Or fuck being it ending badly and it being fucking awkward that you have to still work together. Like there's so many reasons why it's not a good idea, but it doesn't matter. It happens all the time. It does. You know, so uh, I didn't marry a coworker, but my partner right now. Who I have a child with. That's and how live you in this met. House with. That's how we met. I was not her subordinate or her superior. We worked for the same company in different departments. And honestly, I barely saw her at work throughout the day. But we were introduced to each other through people at work. I have a good story. Well, it's not really a story. It's an example. Oh, I want to hear it. Okay. So I worked at a place for quite some time. And I thought this guy was so fucking hot just hot as fuck. Like I just loved his personality. He was sexy and he holds like a higher power in the workplace, you know, which was even more sexy for me. Um, we didn't fuck around when I worked there, but years after I left that workplace, we may or may not have connected and he's a fantastic human. Like it, it's awesome. Right. Like, he's a good guy, and, you know, we chat, but we've hooked up a few times. And it's it's actually kind of sexy and interesting because you have all this pent-up years and years of a crush. Where, like, you really couldn't yeah. do anything at the time, yeah. and then you're like, okay. It was all just daydreaming. You know? <laughs> like, you're just daydreaming of it when you're in, this, when you're in the workplace, and you work together, and you know that it's never going to happen for whatever reason. There's certain reasons that either I was right. in a relationship or he was. Um, without giving too much information. I'm not giving details about him, but it's a very sexy and very hot thing when you finally do connect 
because it's like, oh my God, I've been wanting this for so fucking long. Like you're so hot. It's a, it's next level for sure. But also there's that same thing too, where you are perfectly aware that you are not the only person that thinks that. Oh yeah. If you got a hot person, male or female in your office, you are not the only one that gets a tickle in their panties. Yes. And that often becomes one of the issues with this whole dating in the workplace thing is there's this unspoken challenge of who's going to fuck them first or who's going to fuck them first. It actually is kind of funny. because I, I worked in the restaurant industry and that oh is God. so prevalent, yes. you know, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. Yes. But these are just like this initial part of the conversation is just relationships, right? Uh-huh. Maybe they're a week long. Maybe they're years long. Maybe you get married. Like I said, a lot of people do get married from when they meet it at work in a workplace situation, an yeah. office party, whatever. But this was the part that really surprised me. I didn't even put together the idea of workplace romances and workplace affairs. So while 75% of people admit that they've had a relationship with someone at work, Mm -hmm. it was revealed that 85% of affairs outside of a marriage begin at work. Oh, So 85% of affairs happen at work. These aren't people who are like getting on Ashley Madison or meeting someone at the local bar, or maybe it's an old high school person. 85% of affairs start at work. That blew my mind. That is so much. And there's so many ways that you can actually break this down. You know, so late nights at the office, long work trips with somebody, mutual hobbies, in this day and age where people are working so many hours, it's easy for you to spend more time at work than you are at home with your family. So you do start beginning the interests of relationships or encounters with people at work yes. because you're spending more time with them. I mean, yes. we've all heard the term work wife and work husband, right? Yeah. How's your work wife? How's your work husband? Now, I've never had one of those because mostly I worked food service. No one's having a work wife. You've got like work polygamy going on, right? You got 10 work wives, if that's the case. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they're not even wives. They're more like concubines. I don't know. But you've worked more desk set office jobs in interpersonal office situations than I have. Yeah. Ex- that's a executive, thing, right? executive assistant has been most of my background and career. Um, and then obviously I was the sales manager, assistant and finance manager for a company here. But yeah, I've had office settings. Um, this is kind of crazy. That's a huge percentage, 85%. Does I can, it feel wrong though? Uh, what do you mean? What does it feel, what feels wrong? Like now that you've heard that number and you can start reflecting on either experiences you've had or you've seen other people have. Yeah, that's it, it feels high, but uh-huh. it's probably very accurate for sure. Yeah, um, sadly, but you do spend more time with your work people than you do at home. If you have a full-time career, that's just how it is. It really is. Now I've been in a lot of situations where my superior or my manager, we've worked very closely together and I'm really fucking good at my job. Any job I've ever had, I've been very good at it. Very professional. It's always the dude that comes on to me. And then all of a sudden I start feeling a little uncomfortable to go to work each day. Yeah. And it sucks when you like your job. It sucks when you love your job and that shit is happening. Right. Because then you feel stuck. This is where like, we'll go off for a brief second on a tangent where I just keep hearing all of these men matter, female love gurus try and tell 
their fellow women that the patriarchy doesn't exist, that women are just lazy these days and they just want to get away with more so they say that men control anything and everything. This is where their argument falls apart because it is so easy, unfortunately, for women to be painted as a slut or an office hussy and have their whole career path be tainted by the opinion of men that try to sleep with them and can't versus yes. the men that try to sleep with them and do. Yes. But if a guy's fucking a bunch of girls, oh, he's just the office stud. And if it goes the opposite direction where a woman files for harassment, then it's the woman's fault. She always dressed sexy coming to work. That's the definition yeah. of a patriarchal society in the workplace. So yep. that whole argument falls apart when they say like, oh, well, females are just lazy and, you know, they want equal pay and stuff like that. You know, I don't even want to get into that argument. But the yeah. fact of the matter is. It's fucked up. Is that guys will always say, I have to tiptoe around the females in the office because I don't want to get filed for harassment. You want to know why, sir? Because men before you were fucking anyone they could yep. and getting away with it for so long because, like yeah. you just said, women were afraid to say something about it. Yeah. If that's not the definition of a patriarchal society in the workplace, yeah. go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that, and it does make things uncomfortable. It loses the focus of focusing on your work and your job, and you start forgetting things or you start dropping the ball or you know, and then you're fucking up your job because dumb fuck over here wants to wants to be pleasured or whatever. Right. And it's not fair. It's not OK. Well, and then before you go on with that, you've had experiences in your past, too. We're not going to name names, time frames or companies where you've had very high positions of power and responsibility and accountability in a company. Yeah. You can't fix who you are as a person aesthetically. You are a gorgeous person. And you trying to do your job was often interfered with by the wife or girlfriend of someone in your business. Yeah. Oh, you're going so-and-so, you're going somewhere with Diana. I don't like that. Yeah. Oh, you're spending this weekend at a conference with Diana. Oh, I don't like that. Like, it's your yeah. fucking fault. Like, you're going to do anything. At 41 years old, from <laughs> all the shit that I've experienced in my lifetime. Right. Okay. I don't cross those paths. They're not meant to be crossed. They're just not. You know, and I have had relationships and some of those relationships that I had with guys I've worked with yeah. were good relationships yeah. and they didn't end messy. They ended clean. There was no awkwardness. Um, but when it comes to the superior or when it comes to affairs, like that is scary and it's not okay. I am so much more respectful towards the wife and the woman of the man that I have to work side by side with. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know that there's nothing to be, there's no threat ever. Like, and so I try to make sure I do that really early on. And so that everybody knows everybody, there's no weird secrets and bullshit going on in the background because right. it's not healthy. You cannot succeed. You literally cannot. Scientifically, it's been proven. You cannot have success if there's messy bullshit going on in the background I mean, it's funny you know? too because you hear so many billionaires, millionaires, successful CEOs that lost almost everything. Yes, for a nut. Yes, right. Look at Bezos. They hooked up with their assistant or yeah. Some shit. Bezos lost half of his fortune to his ex-wife because he was sending dick pics to a lady and right. someone busted his cell phone. Right. I mean, what's more important to you: your fortune, your career, and your 
status or a nut. And some guys will pick the nut every time. And you know what? Fine. If that's how you want to live your life and lose half your shit. Sometimes it's a power move too. They do it because they're like, I'm going to do it because I can. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't even risk $40 for a nut, honestly. No, fuck no. (laughs) No, no, I'm right with, I'm, I agree with you. Now, it's also interesting where they say that uh, infidelity affairs and relationships often happen in certain careers. Uh-huh. I believe that. So these are the careers that because they require more hours work than hours at home, most often result in either office affairs, infidelity, or inner office relationships. So doctors, lawyers, finance, and sales are all high on the list of careers where infidelity affairs and inner office romances happen. But the number one career where these things happen is marketing and advertising. Does that sound correct to you? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't, I'm not into marketing or advertising. I'm, I've always been, I've worked side by side with doctors, lawyers, finance, sales, and food service, actually. I'm going off this strictly because of watching Mad Men when it oh, was on. Oh, yeah. There's something about marketing and advertising where you're essentially kind of whoring yourself out, right? Like you are bringing people into dinners and lunches and having fun, exercises to win a client. You're also dealing with beautiful people as part of your advertising. You're dealing with models True. and actors and actresses, faces yeah. on on campaigns. Yeah. You can't tell me that sex or at least the offering or intention of sex doesn't play some role in landing accounts and landing jobs. And while you're already in that pool of desirable excess, mm-hmm. you're going to dip your toes in. It just kind of feels like it makes a lot of sense. And because I've watched that show yeah. and heard stories of people in that industry, it kind of does make a little bit more sense. Yeah, for sure. This is another thing, too, is like if you are the spouse of someone in these industries, does that make you that much more paranoid or suspicious of what's going on in your partner's work life? If you are dating somebody that's shady and someone you don't trust, most definitely. That's the thing. That's another reason why it's so hard to find a partner in this day and age and where we are is because there's always shady shit going on. Is your person solid? Do you feel like they're shady? Then there's some trust issues, right? It's like that's the person that's home wondering if it's happening. It takes two people. Right. Trust takes two people. Well, that also I think speaks more to you than it does to that person because you have to be the one who's mature enough to get past that point of suspicion and jealousy, you know? And be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool right? that you had every opportunity to fuck this girl and you're not taking it, you can't wait to come home and be with me. Like, that is healthy. Yeah, but it's also, I feel, rare. You do. That's a rarity, you know? It's true, it's true. You don't want your person or spouse or the person that's home while you're with these drop-dead gorgeous people or working so much. If you don't want your person to be wondering, being insecure, the more you talk, the more you communicate, And the more you're open with that person, the better off everybody is. It's like, introduce your woman to the people you're spending all this time with. What's wrong with that? Right. Bring her around. If you're working late and it's a late dinner, bring your person if you can. 
yeah. or FaceTime while you guys are all eating. Not because you want to prove to her that I'm being good. Yeah, not, not for <laughs> I'm that not reason. I'm not doing anything. No, I promise. <laughs> not for that reason. Not for that reason. Because that's not healthy. Yeah. Just for the sheer reason that you want to include her in your life and your things that are going on, and it's like super late, and you miss her, and it's like that's why you would do the FaceTime and like, hey, this is Sally. She's my secretary. Look at like. Yeah. Not- we talked about that when we had Kristen on for the Love Guru Roulette when we were talking about male female friends. Yeah. I brought you and my other friends into the circle immediately. Yes. So there was no appearance of fuckery and tomfoolery, you know, like everything is out there on the table. This is my life. These are my people. Obviously. Yes. Diana and I tell each other, to go fuck ourselves all the yes. time. It's not one of those things where there's something shady going on in the background. And the know? red flag people are the ones that do not support the fact that I am in the studio with you twice a week right. recording for our podcast. Those are the red flag people. I have weeded out so many weird asshole men because they cannot handle my friendship with you. Well, the problem with the red flag people is is they don't think there's anything wrong with them. They think that you're the problem. It's not their yeah. own insecurity. Yeah. And, you know, you always say, well, that person needs therapy. Well, they don't think they need therapy because in their mind, they're the ones in the right. Right. You right. know? Yep. But guess what? I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just that you are not the person for them. Right. If they want someone who's going to just be a shut in, not go out, not have a social life, yeah. be submissive to their master, then fine. There's plenty of women like that, I'm yep. sure. Go find them. Don't waste your time with me anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. You don't expect to find someone like you who's at a nice restaurant or a club or doing whatever, yeah. being social, being on a fucking podcast, talking yeah. about this shit. Yeah. Obviously, sir, that is not the right person for you. Yep. So let's talk about the food service industry. Really yeah, fast. this and, is interesting. Well, I can talk about this because this is my life. Well, I worked in food and beverage for many years. Remember? Yeah, but I've been doing it for You've almost You've been doing 30. it your entire life. <laughs> I've been doing it my entire life. Yeah. I've been a GM. I've been an executive mm-hmm. chef, corporate chef, uh, well, trainer. Well, what you're server. doing right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not in the restaurant industry anymore. I am more in the retail aspect of it. But it's it's very similar in the sense of, so they say that, Food service workers are less likely for affairs. You want to know why? Yeah. Because most food service workers are Are single single. and they're fucking each other anyway. Yeah. And not just each other. They're fucking everybody. Everybody. So if I could say one thing about my past is if there were people who were married in the restaurant industry, whether they were chefs or servers or bartenders or whatever, there were very few. Very, very few. Yeah. And if they were married, there usually was some kind of fuckery going on. But most of my life, the people I've worked with were single. Yeah. And they try not to seriously date each other because they all know the perception of everyone in the restaurant industry fucks each other is 100% true. Yeah. You know? I I talked about it it in that last episode where I had a three-year-long relationship with a server of one of the restaurants that I was the corporate chef for, Mm -hmm. and she cheated on me all the time. Yeah. I should have expected it because I knew better, but like you always say, when when you're in the box. Yep. You know, it's easy to not see what's going on. And you want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You You really, really do. You want to give them a chance to prove your perception wrong. Yeah. So I, I think that's 100% correct. Less likely for affairs only because less married people work in these industries than 
single people do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. I'm sure if like you're a mom and pop diner and everyone yes. has worked there for years. Right, you know? right. Yeah. But also sure. at the same time, there, there's a weird status thing where you cannot have a quiet relationship with someone in the restaurant. Like people know you're sleeping with each other before you even know. <laughs> That's, That's 100% so true. People assume that me and this other person were already having sex before we even had sex. Oh, like, that is so it funny. manifests itself. It's the yeah. weirdest thing. I stand by that all day that wow, that's, that's an accurate statement. So interesting. So before we close this conversation, let's just talk about a few of the reasons why they say they don't encourage inner office romances. Number one, perceived favoritism by other employees. That's like the biggest one. Of course. It's like, oh, of course you get the corner desk and the window because you're fucking the boss. <laughs> the boss. The boss. <laughs> Diminished credibility of the supervisor in the eyes of his or her team. Yeah, if you're fucking the secretary and then you're trying to lead a team, it's hard because like, okay, well, you're asking us to follow the rules and we all know you're fucking the secretary. Yes. Lord employee morale, 100%. I mean, if there's messiness, like we say, clean house clean brain yeah uh how about clean team clean work environment you yeah know? totally potential conflicts of interest violations of company policy challenges to consistent enforcement of corporate company policy hey don't tell me that i can't wear jeans to work if you're fucking lucy in the copy room you know <laughs> like you can't enforce a policy if you're not enforcing the biggest one in the book for sure this happened i have to say it really quick i had a nose ring and, um, yep, I was in a meeting and I was the only woman in the room actually. And it was with HR and my supervisor and a bunch of other people in my department. And they talked about how we cannot have piercings showing. Uh-huh. Well, I'm not going to say the position of the person, but there was someone in that room that was fucking everybody. And they're trying to tell you what to do. <laughs> and, I, and I knew that. And he knew I knew. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at him going, you've got to be fucking serious right now. And I think I did say that in the meeting, like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Like this one little teeny tiny dot nose ring. Like that's a that's a real fucking thing. So watch yourself, ladies. Sexual harassment or discrimination claims by one of the partners if the relationship ends. I mean, that's the scary part, too, is like, okay, maybe it can end a little badly or it can end and you've got a bunny boiler in your office that's just gonna burn the whole fucking thing down right i've seen that happen so many times Mm -hmm. like don't i don't see it happen enough maybe right if i'm being honest it needs to happen more there's some really shady motherfuckers out there internal gossip and rumors that can impact the overall work environment and the longer term careers of individuals who are involved in the romance i mean yeah don't be like a 30-year tenured employee that's like about to retire with pensions and then fuck your shit for a nut like that's so dumb yeah and then lastly privacy issues associated with employer inquiries into the romance i mean that i've seen a lot too where let's say you're investigating a claim with one person and that one person opens a can of worms that now involves five people yeah and each of those people have a can of worms that Implicates five more people mm-hmm. before you know it you've just lost your entire team yeah because of one indiscretion that too many people knew about yes oh so those are bad things luckily for us you and i have fucked co-workers and not anything that bad happen yeah but it can happen that's why they say don't fuck your co-workers or do i don't care do whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want you do you boo 
Hey, look, it's our boy. How you know it's time to leave a relationship is when you have no more space for the you got no more capacity for the stress. You got no more want to fix anymore. You know it's time to go when your wings can't flap in that relationship, when your growth is stunted, and when your self-love is sacrificed and compromised because you need to be less of who you are so that you can be more involved with them. Sometimes you got to realize it ain't that I'm giving up on you. It's just I can't give up on me. I no longer have the room in my life for you no more. It ain't me calling you a bad person. It ain't me saying you a narcissist and you toxic it is me saying that the particular things you are bringing into my life i no longer had a space to safely welcome it i'm sorry we ain't in season we ain't on the same page no more where i'm heading i can't take you with me and sometimes you got to be able to say that to somebody yeah yeah it's basic shit it's like that's not that's a no-brainer to me um but unfortunately i will keep pressing forward even when I know that I'm depleted and I know that I have nothing left to give Mm -hmm. I because I don't give up I'm like I said I'm the ride or die girl I think this one's an interesting one because yeah I've been in that situation but most of the women that I've dated or been in relationships with don't expect more out of me they in some terms expect less therefore expect less of themselves Like, I try really hard to not pursue women that I know create more problems or create more life interactions than I have energy for. Yeah. You know, so if if it's a demanding schedule of someone who's, let's say, I got to do my yoga, I got to do my this, I got to do my that, then I got to go to the beauty parlor, then I'm going to go meet my friends and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll see you at home. Yeah. But then I'm always expected to change whatever shit I've got going on to accommodate their busy lifestyle. Yes, I can see that. I've done one of those and I'll never do it again. Like I said, we in the last couple episodes, matching energy. Yeah. I, I really try hard to find someone that matches my energy because then I know that's not going to be a problem in the future. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm a very ambitious person. I will keep pushing myself in different directions. I mean, like this podcast and all the stuff that I'm doing with the the local film people now. Yeah. I have to regulate myself to make sure that I'm not overwhelming my partner. Yeah. But again, that's the king and queen mentality where you have those conversations, you match the energies, and by doing so, hopefully you are not creating conflicts like he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but that was that was everything that I was involved with for four years. Or f- see, it was four months. It felt like four years. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. That was subconscious. Good God! Yeah, that was a four month relationship that felt like four to five years, and it was exactly that. There just was no more. There was no more left in me. There was no more uh, respect, love. There just it depleted me. It you can only be kicked down so far Mm -hmm. once you're kicked down when you're on the ground like there's no there's no further down you can go unless you're six feet under so it was one of those things where it's like I I felt like I was going to lose my life if I didn't get out of the relationship and as hard as it was and as in love as I was that I thought that I was um and I probably was I probably was very much in love with this man I just didn't Maybe he wasn't in love with me like I needed. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the bottom line is when 
you find yourself going into therapy soon after starting a relationship with somebody new and you feel like you're going crazy, chances are you're not going crazy at all. It's not you. Mm-hmm. And it's the situation. That's it's crazy. the situation. And I don't know even how I I'm not a therapist. I don't know even know how to address that other than if you are feeling that way, take a step backwards for your own good and just try to get out of the box and look in. If you can, it's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard for me. Right. But once I got there and I got my fucking backbone and I wasn't spineless anymore and I honestly grew some balls if I'm being completely fucking honest and said no. I think one of the variables to this argument is tenure of the relationship. You know, one of the things that I never really put into my mind after we started this podcast, I started thinking about it more. We talked about it with Stephanie, the dating through the seasons, getting through the honeymoon phase, that six to eight month period is when things start really looking serious. If you've made it through that six to eight months, then you can start looking at what next steps you're taking. Yes. So one thing that I would have told myself in the past is, why are you trying to fix a three-month relationship? Yeah. That's disposable. It really is. Yeah. But for example, if I was in a 10-year marriage and things started becoming tight, things started becoming heavy, well, I need to at least make the effort to see if my partner wants to correct that. And that's where the compromises come in. That's where therapy, I'm sure, is absolutely yeah. essential in counseling because you've got a tenured thing going on. Right. You know, you that's just don't right. throw it away unless it needs to be thrown away when it comes to things like drug abuse, alcohol. Yeah. There's all sorts of reasons to throw something away. If it's just heaviness, talk about what the heaviness is and see if you can find a way around it. And maybe you can't, and maybe that's okay. But I would never go and put as much energy into a three or four month relationship that was just going like this in my past if I could have avoided it. And that was me. Yeah. Like I said, I'm right or die like you were right or die. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. And you can relate to this. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to. Um, if you are with somebody that has had trauma, we've all had trauma right. in our life. Then suddenly that trauma is really essentially part of your trauma too, if we're being completely fucking honest. Ooh, because interesting, because yeah. what they bring to the table is I've always been left. Women leave me. And these are real words that were told to me by this one person. Women leave me. Women give up on me. Everybody gives up on me so easy. I'm always alone. I'm always... And we're talking about a highly decorated human being mm-hmm. with the military and he served our country and he's a good person. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. he's a good person. However, he's picked up these traits of gaslighting and being a narcissist and, make, and manipulating people into feeling like they can't leave him. Yeah, And that's where I was. And I'm sure there's, I'm sure the percentage is astronomically huge Mm -hmm. at how many other people have either been in a situation like this before or in one right now as I speak that you want to prove them wrong that not every woman leaves them. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to be that one. I'm going to be the one that doesn't leave you. I'm going to be the one that makes sure you're taken care of. I'm going to be your nurturer. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And so, quote, fixing that 
is another form of I'm going to fix this person. Yeah. We can't. We can't do it. And they don't want to be fixed because fixing is too hard. Well, it's not necessarily (laughs) fixing, but it falls into it falls under the umbrella of fixing is what I'm saying is you're trying to prove them wrong by being a ride or die when just like this love guru, just like what he said on this little reel. This whole entire time, you're just depleting yourself, your energy, and yeah. your energy, and you're now just you've thinned yourself out to a thread. You're not a strong rope anymore. You've you're a thread. You're a hair. Where right. one little pull, and you're gonna break. And that's where I was, and that was the only way I was able to say no more. I'm done being treated like shit. I am a ride or die. I will ride or die all day long. I reached my death. I reached my breaking point of I was feeling like I was going so crazy that I wanted to be dead. Yeah. That was my only option at that point. When you feel that way, I don't care if you're being emotionally abused, verbally abused, physically abused, whatever. But when you start feeling like you're at the very stretchy and you you've got to learn to love yourself yeah put yourself first and it's very fucking difficult to do but it's necessary amen Listeners, I think it'd be fun for you. I don't want to hear bad office breakups or bad office romances, but I think it'd be fun just to hear how many of you have had an office romance. Like the numbers out there after doing this research really kind of startled me in certain areas, you know? Yeah, I want to know too if you don't mind reaching out. We've already exposed ourselves and what we've done and what we've done (laughs) in the workplace. So we want to hear from you. If you've been a part of an office relationship, you can say affair, but just include it with relationships. You're not giving yourself away. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of want to know. I want to know if these stats are right, because like I said, I don't trust polls, but I trust y'all. Yes. (laughs) Let's hear it. Can you believe that summer is just around the corner? Like what happened to our spring? Yeah, well, Jesus Christ, I would just like some sunshine. That'd be great. And I don't know, like now that we have kids out of school, it's going to be interesting to find recording schedules that match our schedule. So everyone, we might be batching a bunch this summer. So if it doesn't seem to correlate with the time frame, we apologize. Just enjoy the content that we're giving you. Yeah, we're just trying to, you know, not get behind. But thank you so much, everybody. And let's fucking do this. Absolutely. Love you guys. See you next week.